My name is Kebohem, and this is Epiphany. Amata meiva Kebohem nialojava akatahengi. Five porokol eighteen sixty five. The Galasu Knowledge Foundation is more impressive than the library Menarka, but Galasu was not completely burned to the ground during the Taritid invasion. The thing that struck me most when I walked in today was the size of the building and thousands of well-lit reading pods inside, acoustically isolated and stacked one on top of the other like egg sacs. The Menarka document cluster must have something like this beneath all of the scaffolding and noise, but I hope that the pods use some other material com- than composite. Wood, especially fruit wood, could brighten the entire space. It was so dark in 1840s before. The librarian offices are past the great room in Paradise Atrium, a set of small rooms built around towering trees that have stood for millennia. The librarian I needed, Deorongi, works from the mid-afternoon into the evening. We met in the shrine vestibule to the left of the offices before Lee brought me inside and closed the door. Deo smiled elegantly at me, which I'll always remember because Lee smiles like Elise did. But Deo is not Elise. Deo has a wig made of shoulder-length rainbow-colored cords ranging from red to orange to yellow to spring to green to indigo and to violets, all coiling together like an iridescent sea beast. And Lee has henna all over her face because Lee's a married member of the Galasuhi version of the Yeruga cult. Deo calls himself Galasuhi and not Shiji. Lee knows Liga, and Lee immediately warned me to use her formal nickname as if we were already close colleagues. So we talked for, I don't know, a, a while about the daybreak movement, and Lee teased words out of me like water. Originally, I thought that I just needed basic definitions, but my uncertainty about the origins and disposition of the movements, yes, I know that you were talking to me about it yesterday, Liga, but I don't trust you and I'm still really pissed off. My uncertainty about everything really, really, really showed after a few of their pointed questions. Lee ended up bringing me to the archival document section where we spent three quarters of an hour using a handheld scanner to put all of the relevant works on my drive. There was more on tape backup off-site, but that would take two weeks to get with the backlog. I don't know that Liga and I have that much time, like 20 days. I didn't request it. Maybe I should have. Who knows how long this will take. Anyway. Deo bit their lower lip on occasion, and smoothed the corded braids away from their face, looking at me. I wonder if Lee had questions that Lee considered imprudent. Oh, so loose. Does everyone who works with Lee Ga feel like this? We joked about their husband and their young daughter. I mentioned Elise, and I felt less hollow than usual. It could be Annette's influence. So I found the Daybreak Movement's motto. We live in the ignorance of nights. We wait for the daybreak to illumine us. The emphasis is theirs. On all of their pamphlets, they make the text of those words really, really, really big. The most succinct description of daybreak I found was uncovered, I think, towards the end of our meeting, though. It's called a short primer on the Dveshi daybreak movement from Briefing, 43 Porokol, 1838, 
morning before the Senate investigation on the murders of several prominent Tveshi Cultural Coalition members, written by Nkoa Telesu Lichesau Jitaso, senior assistant to Senator Komangi. This is how it goes. The Daybreak Movement spans all three continents, helped in a large part by Kanban technology and network digital forums. Its motto graces all of its publications, seemingly innocuous yet obscuring a sinister network of conspiracies and out-of-touch plots against all political movements, all countries, and all human leaders. It arose following the end of the occupation, when the mob murders of occupation collaborators and their families pushed many who survived to flee to Atara. These collaborators, too low profile to be threatened, assimilated into mainstream political factions, but a small fraction of the other collaborators looked elsewhere for political representation. Daybreak began as three grassroots organizations working independently out of urban centers affected by the rapid recession of Taritit forces. Daybreak itself began in late 1826 and was formalized throughout the year 1827. Gradually, it cannibalized the membership of two other founding organizations that were also anti-government. The Daybreak Movement uses a cell structure, with nodes communicating up and down the chain of command. In some countries, as in Tvesha, the Daybreak Movement has split into semi-public and semi-private arms. The public side of the Daybreak Movement maintains itself here as a fringe political party. In the Leishri Federation, they incorporated as a religious group called Beuk and received their permit four years ago. Regardless of regional differences, all members hold to the same basic tenets. 1. Humanity needs help, and non-human high-wilds imperialists with their advanced technology and millennia of experience are a gift from Menachari to shepherd our childlike civilizations into our best selves. 2. The Tezakhaira are corrupt, the name of that corruption is the captain, and their influence must be driven out. 3. The International Congress and regional governments have no authority and should cede any claimed authority to the most powerful alien entity. The corruption as Captain Idea originates from an oracle given in Ashroda in 1648, when Tarha held the oracular seat. Some have pointed out that the oracle anticipates the Tarithit invasion. In the year when all hope seems lost and humanity ceases to rule itself, a great family will rise under the aegis of Laucha, who is Lijera, and Elapua, who is Enapuata. Its daughters and sons will restore humanity to the stars. When the people govern themselves once again, its descendants will catapult the Tezakhara into a bloody conflict. Its captain will be the end of everything we know. The 1648 oracular utterance is commonly held to describe the Taritit invasion, and the nascent async has speculated on the identity of the family and ethnic group referred to in the remaining sentences. The local incarnation of the Daybreak Movement has developed as a suite of more palatable political positions. These include the modernization of formal grammar rules to reflect changes in the Tveshi language, namely the addition of a character to represent glottal stops, relaxed rules governing the incorporation of new families and the process of applying for a non-family apartment room, the yoking of colonies such as Lasso, Mtaka, and Atara, execution for practitioners of what is known borrowed from the Naragi, Nezatu, as Nepasetu, or marriage mingling with those descending from the other six gardens, preservation of old forms of documents to deter Tezakhaira censorship, the recriminalization and systemic execution of the Nuamwa, and criminalization of the Karata, all in direct opposition to preferred policies. Their most controversial position is their desire to limit the power of the Deveshi monarchy, which they have identified as the family in the oracle. 
While the International Watch, Radicals for the High Wilds, the Tefeshi Cultural Coalition, and Cradle have all performed assassinations, and some of these groups are considered mainstream political factions, no deaths have yet been attributed to the Daybreak Movement. Given that most members are already on watch list for their involvement in the occupation, it is far more likely that the murders came out of Cradle or International Watch, which shares some of Daybreak's views. So the first question that I had for Deo was, what the hell is async? And Deo laughed and said, it's an old Deveshi term for the boards and forums on the network. They called it the asynchronous agora until the mid-1850s. Thank you, it's not a term I know. I thought about the text for a long time after I left the Galasu Knowledge Foundation. No one truly taught me about the Daybreak Movement during my political education, and I overlooked them just as everyone had, until they turned violent. This piece was written in the late 1830s, which is before most of the radicalized groups became problems for states. That happened in the 1840s and early 1850s, perhaps up until the monarchical protest in Naragya. If the Shiji and Galasuhi must consider all of these extremist groups, it is no wonder that they suspect all of us in Naragya so strongly when we claim things that are simply our right. Their position on Nipasetu bothers me. I've worked for the progressive movement since I joined a youth group at the age of 11. My grandfather is a Tarahi. Of course, I should be legal. I mean, Cradle and I agree on the uncovering ritual. Daybreak and I agree on combating the stigma of living without family and about deterring too much Tezahira oversight. I wouldn't have agreed with the with the individualism piece before moving to Galasu and starting a journal. It's nice to have one's thoughts and know that they're private to almost everyone. I don't know about the Nuamwa, though. It's a progressive movement policy to tolerate them, and the one who visited me seemed fine, but Namgetsi did spurn Sehintha. My parents told me to avoid them, and I know that they can bring families to ruin. Professionally, though, I can cope. The Karatha abandoned us during the occupation and did little, if anything, to help the resistance. The Nwamwa and the Koyinya did help. The Nwamwa and all of the gardens. The Koyinya and Mavza and Amesa. The Koyinya gave the International Mavzi Congress the keys to their orbital fleet. If these groups did everything and the Karatha on Amesa did nothing, the Amesi Karatha should not have been welcomed with open arms after the occupation like they were. Daybreak has killed so many people since the 1830s. I was a girl when most of the assassinations happened. They must have lost popularity after those came to light. Liga, is this why you have such distaste for them? I mean, I can sympathize with some of their platform, but the Taritit subjugation was never for her benefit. You have been listening to Epiphany by KBOM. For a text version, cultural notes, and to subscribe via RSS, please visit http colon slash slash kayeboesme.com slash epiphany.